Next Chapter Podcasts. Welcome to another edition of Thick Skin with Jock and Hawk. I'm your boy, Double J, Jock Jones. And I'm Latroy Hawkins. This show is called Thick Skin because you have to have thick skin to be in the spotlight. Whether you're a professional athlete like me and Hawk who played in the bigs or you're an entertainer, the media will come after you. So you better be ready. We're here to tell it like it is, correcting the media when they get it wrong and dive deep into the world of sports, all sports and entertainment from an athlete's perspective. We got a great show for here today. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the ride. Make sure to subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Let's get this thing cracking, Hawk. Yes, yeah, been a very interesting week and in, around sports and everything else that's going on in the world. Let's talk about John ja Morant back after his suspension from the NBA for his gun-toting annex. But okay, during his interview, he said. Quote, wouldn't say he regrets being suspended by the NBA commissioner, Adam Silver, for the second time in the span of four months. In the end, I feel like it made me better, Moran said. I feel like I, I've learned some stuff about myself that I did during that process. Very eye-opening. It kind of gave me a new look on life and how, how to go about my days, how I carry myself. And it sounds like the young man did a little reflection and understood that whether he wants to be or not, he's actually a role model. Right. Kids that look up to John Morant. Yep. Um, I got two nephews here in Texas, Edward and Elijah. Mm-hmm. And you know what? I always support the the young man. I bought them his shoes about two months ago when they were super mm-hmm. excited. And they still said that we talked about the gun incident and, you know, the things he did wrong. And, and you know what? It's funny. They're 79. They could care less. Right. They just you know, bounce a basketball and dunk on guys and, and shoot threes. So, but I'm glad he he had a chance to reflect on you know understanding that he has a he has a a, re, a moral responsibility. I think to not be so reckless in his mm-hmm. personal life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And of course, I was watching the show this morning. They were talking about the same exact thing where they were saying like you know people make the the point of he didn't break any rules. You know he didn't break any laws. No, he didn't break any laws. But he broke the laws within the NBA realm. You know what I'm saying? And like that's their business. That's their cash cow. That's how they, you know, that's how they promote their sport. And so, you know, he had to sit down and think about it. And he had to sit down longer than, you know, the four or five games that he had to sit down for the first time. And I think, you know, like you said, being being able to sit down and reflect and see that the game of basketball is going to go on, whether he's a part of it or not. Uh, the team's going to go on, whether he's a part of it or not. Um, I, I think he he looks at things from a different perspective now. You know what? On the flip side, I remember us talking about this when it was going on. And, mm-hmm. and I talked about, I was one of the ones that said, you know, he didn't commit a crime. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to know if, what if the gun wasn't real? Right. Does that give him a pass? And also, I'm a hunter. So the next, what I'm about to say has nothing to do with, you know, whatever. Because I I will hunt. I hunt deer. And I'll be the first to tell everybody I will will harvest an animal. But when you see these white athletes on their social media pages with their AR-15s or their rifles and their dead, their harvest, I don't like to use the word dead, their harvested animals, 
it's okay. Mm-hmm. And to half the world, to three quarters of the world, that's the most demonic thing you can do is kill another, you know, an animal mm-hmm. to some people. Mm-hmm. And I look at Ja, he didn't kill anybody. Nope. He didn't kill anybody. He waved a gun in the air. Still don't know if the gun was real or not. Mm-hmm. I don't know if Adam Silver knows if the, game, the, the gun was real. But at the end of the day, like, what separates the two? Because where he was when he he brandished the gun, um, if he came out tomorrow and, and posted on his picture, he harvested a, a deer, like some of the hunters in the NBA. Right. What do you think the reaction would be that you would get that we would get from the fans? Uh, it wouldn't. Why does, he, why does he even have a gun? Right. Right. <laughs> right. It, I, I think <clears throat> we talk about context. Right. Context is everything. Right. You see, you see these guys in these pictures with, like, like you said, harvested animals. Are they hunting or they're standing by a gun and something? You understand what I'm saying? But he's, and, and not that it makes it better or worse. You know what I'm saying? Like he's in a video waving a gun and listening to me. You know what I'm saying? Like it just, I, I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't know why the difference is made, but, you know, I, I would guess that they're looking at the con text of the situation. The context? Are we looking at the context of the situation or are we looking at the color of his skin? It might be some of both. Okay. Just checking because, you know, just because he's in a strip club <laughs> and he has a gun, I mean, he's using a gun. And just because he's in the car with the gun, we don't know. It could have been a BB gun. We have no clue what gun that was, whether real or not. Okay. But I understand the perception is everything. Mm-hmm. But if the NBA, and you know what? I'm <laughs> I'm the type of dude, man, I hate talking about other sports, you know, how they conduct their business, the NBA, NFL, you know, soccer, hockey. But at the end of the day, these type of issues are all the same because that could have been you or I. You know, I can go to the gun range and go shoot and pop, 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 and post it on my Instagram. And then people are, you know, what are you doing with a gun? Well, well, one of my teammates who of a different skin tone can do it. And they're the greatest guy. You know, they're don't tread on me. Right. You know, it's a real slippery slope, man. But hopefully he learned his lesson. He's a little bit more responsible when it comes to what he's posting on his Instagram. I didn't like the fact that he is the one that went live. <laughs> he went live. He threw his own self on the, under the bus. That's, again, we talked about that, too. Like the people you're around, like your friends are supposed to protect you regardless of whatever the situation is. Like, he, I, yes, he went live, but your friends are supposed to tell you, like, yo, bro, like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, you're being watched. Yeah. People are watching you. Like, we, we let us do this. You know what I mean? You get to the background. Let us do this. So, two, it's, it's the circle of people that you're around. Like, like, you know, we said we wouldn't let each other tote guns on a, a live or have guns. You know what I'm saying? Like, we just didn't do. We weren't in places where we needed guns <laughs> to tote. You know what I'm saying? We weren't. We, we, was, we was never in places where we needed guns. <laughs> we didn't sit in some shady places now, Double yeah, J. Come on but, now. But we weren't doing nothing where we would have needed guns. You understand what I'm saying? Or else we wouldn't have been there. I get that too, but that don't mean that if we'd have had one, we wouldn't have felt a little safer. You know, I'm just saying. like, but we went, I get it, Hall, but we wouldn't have been pulling it out. Like, when you pull it out, you got to use it. You understand what I'm saying? So this is true. Nobody need to know you got it, just as long as you know. Yeah, this is true. This is true. This is true. But thank God, thank God, we didn't have 
Social media. Mm-mm. Yeah. Social media. Yeah. Well, that ended well for us. <laughs> but all in all, it's great to have John Morant, yeah. John Morant back in the NBA yeah. doing what he loves to do. Yeah. He's indicated to everybody who's listening, everybody who's reading that he found out a lot about himself during his time. Mm-hmm. He's worked on himself. Um, he understands his responsibility of being a role model to so many. Yep. And, you know, I just hope, hopefully, you know, this last incident was the last incident that he has in his career. And he can just go on and, you know, continue to strive to be, you know, one of the faces of the NBA because he is a very, very talented um, young man. That he is. For sure he is. And we're going on to our boy Zion Williamson. How about that? How about Stephen A. Smith criticizing him, man, about his oh, weight? Going off on him, bro. Going off. And I always said when he was, <clears throat> I had some my little nephews, and he was in high school. They was like, oh, you got to see this kid Zion. And he pulled him up on uh, YouTube, and it's like, I'm like, wow, this dude is incredible. He's a freak of nature. Like, mm-hmm. his jumping ability, his explosiveness is Charles Barkley-esque. Yep. And people don't understand, like, Barkley had those type of ups. And Barkley was shorter, but it's just as explosive. And I always thought, like, he was one bad offseason away from being a little bit overweight. Just a little bit. I always thought that. Yep. But the good thing is about NBA players, basketball players, period, they're doing so much running, mm-hmm. they can kind of, like, ask it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Goes mm-hmm. on to Duke for one year, mm-hmm. and then he gets drafted. Mm-hmm. And now he's in the NBA. He's 19 years old, and he gets hurt. He can't hang out with his teammates. He can't go out and hang out with them in the club. Right. Not many places he can go. I'm not sure what the dynamic is of an NBA clubhouse. I don't know if it's like the major league clubhouse where we, you know, really good chance we're embracing the young guys. Right. You know, we're bringing them in. We're making them feel special being a part of the team. I don't know if that's the same culture over there. I hope it is. Don't know. But he talks about being in a dark place while he was injured. I don't know if like people really understand how mentally mentally challenging it is to be a professional athlete and get hurt. Right. And especially when you're the guy Zion Williamson is because top pick in the draft, you know, they had already like he could be, you know, he's a game changer. He's this. The expectations are so high mm-hmm. and you get in, you're hurt. Yep. Now you got to sit out an extended amount of time. And what people have to understand, his injury wasn't to his shoulder or his wrist or his elbow, any of that. It was to his foot. Right. And he can't do any conditioning with a bad foot, I don't think. And did he gain some weight? Sure he did. He's a young kid in the NBA. Mm-hmm. He's a young kid in the NBA. Mm-hmm. And then for Stephen A. Smith to talk about, he was able to see his his roles over his uniform and why he can't be like LeBron James and this and that. LeBron James was built like that in freaking high school, man. And and total, total different genetics. Mm-hmm. So you can't even you can't even fix your lips to say why he can't be like LeBron James. Mm-hmm. LeBron James is a once a once in a lifetime generate generational talent and specimen. Does he do a lot to keep his body in shape so he don't be hurt? Have those catastrophic injuries? Yes. But you know what? A lot of times that's just part of the game, getting inj- injuries, and he's been able to avoid that. So luck has been on his side. Luck hasn't been on Zion's side up to this point. No, but but here's here's two. I was thinking about this. Like uh, the 
the video they had of Stephen A when he was uh, hitting the mitts with his trainer, right? He was he was big as a house in that um, video, and he was unorthodox and he was clumsy, right? People were making fun of him about that, and then he defended himself about that, whatever, right? He was going through something. He was overweight. He was going to get a, a, a handle on that, right? Shaq. <clears throat> Shaq, I, I would venture to say Shaq's in better shape now than he was towards the middle of his career. Yeah. when he And he was still a dominating force, still a dominating presence, but could he have been even better with being in better shape? Probably so. You understand what I'm saying? But it took him some time to understand and realize, hey, man, yeah, I let myself go. I wish I would have got myself in a better shape or have myself in a better shape. But they're not giving this kid any grace <laughs> to learn from, get better from, or act on what's going on now. And the other part is, like you said, mental health. Man, you guys are talking about this guy's weight. You know what I'm saying? You don't know what he's going through. You don't know how he's feeling. You don't know how he's feeling about his weight. You don't know how he's feeling about being able to lose a weight or being able to gain a weight or whatever the situation is. Y'all keep heaping more crap on top of this kid's plate, right? You guys don't know what he's going through. You don't know what he's going through. We could make it worse. This kid needs support. He was hurt. You understand? Like like John Morant, but a different situation. You're taking away something from him that he's been doing since he was a little kid. He can't do it. He couldn't do it because he was hurt. You don't know how that affected him. But now you're heaping this uh, uh, crap on top of him about his weight. Shit, he might feel worse. Do you understand what I'm saying? So, like, I'd say, you know, give this kid some grace. Let him, I mean, he's grown into his body. Sometimes there's nothing you could do about it. Sometimes it is. But let's wait and see. Support him. You know what I'm saying? Give him some positive uh, feedback. Hey, man, yeah. Could you stand to be in better shape? Let's let's get it. Let's get to it. Right. And Zion came out and said, it's been like that since I was 16 years old. Mm -hmm. As I came onto the scene, Mm -hmm. if I want to be one of the best players in the league, if we don't win in a big moment or if something bad happens, that's to be expected, said Williams. Mm -hmm. I just think like you're right. I give him some grace. Um, He understands that he needs to work on his conditioning. I'm sure he's working on his conditioning. Mm -hmm. I think the longer, the further away you get from your playing days, the easier everything that you went through and what you're seeing guys go through today gets like that much more simpler. And that's not true. It's not. I would be the first to tell you these guys are better than I was as far as the ability to throw the ball hard, you know, the ability to spin the ball. Now, there are some things in my career that I know I'm better than, you know, the guys are playing now. I was better at, like better command. Yeah. But at the end of the day, like, it's hard for to be an older guy and continue to to criticize the young guys. Right. And it's it's okay to to like look at their mistakes, explain their mistakes. Mm-hmm. Like when I'm doing TV, like it's really hard for me to blast a player. Mm-hmm. I would say like this is what he he should have done, mm-hmm. could have did. Mm-hmm. What he did was not the right play. That that was that wasn't the right play. You know, hitting the cutoff man is the right play there and making sure that he makes a good throw to cutoff man so the cutoff command can, you know, make that throw to home instead of him trying to throw the ball all the way home. Yep. It doesn't work that way. Mm-mm. But they don't – they just 
It's, You're right. I think they were cutting way too deep on Zion. And is he a big? He's a big man. It's easy from the. It's easy from the couch, or the chair, or the stands. The game is easy because you coulda, woulda, shoulda. And 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 why are they doing this? But the game moves so fast. Whether it be the NFL, whether it be Major League Baseball, whether it be the NBA, whether it be hockey, whether it be soccer, the game moves so fast, man. So what? What you see is not actually really what you see because the game is moving so fast, but it's slowed, it's slowed down because you're sitting in on the couch. Like, why didn't you see yeah. that? You can see it. There's open guys on every play that I can see from the couch. But when you're in, that, when you're in the mix, when you're in the mix, boy, you, don't see, you can't see that. No. Everything is happening so fast, yeah. and that's like quarterbacks. They're like, "Oh, he was wide open." Yeah, and, and as as wide open as he is, you as a, a the criticizer still couldn't get the ball to him. So let that man do his job. In your opinion, what responsibility does Zion take in the criticism? Right. If there's any, because we already he's, established like he's young, he came in the league, he was hurt. He said in 2022, where you know, being an injured like that, coming into league, trying to make an impression on his team right. and the league, and right. hurt. You know, like what what responsibility does he does he have in that in that in that equation? I think the responsibility that he has is to come in in the best shape possible, right? I like that possible way. Come in, come into camp, come into the season in the best shape possible, right? He owes it to himself. He owes it to the team, right? The other thing is, if you hurt, you're hurt. One thing to be injured, one thing to be hurt. No one knows. You know, there's a fine line. You understand what I'm saying? But if you're hurt, mm-hmm. get healthy. Because the only thing you can do is, more times than not, make it worse. And then you're no good to yourself or the team. So you owe it to yourself to get yourself healthy, and you owe it to yourself to come into camp season in the best shape possible. There's no excuses. Just you saying that, like, I don't think I ever came into baseball. Like, it's impossible to go into baseball and be in shape, baseball season and spring training. Right. You can't. Right. Only way I can be in shape in spring training is if I put on my my spikes in December and go stand in the grass. That's the only way I can be in shape for two hours. But you can be in, like, you can work out in the offseason, get into good shape, but then you have to there's a difference between being in shape and being in baseball shape. Right. Being in shape and I'm being in basketball shape. That's that's so key, Jock. I don't think the fans really get that. And I don't know if the media gets that when you talk about being in shape and being in your specific sports shape. Yep. And a lot of times in baseball, hell, I didn't get in shape until like my arm didn't get in shape until like May sometime. A month old in May, now I got a 60 right. RA. But oh, now I'm getting in shape, so now I'm going to start knocking that down. But you're right. There's a difference being in shape and being in your specific yep. sports shape. Yep. So, And one people understand that. I think that's, a, I think that's some, some more to, to really elaborate on in the conversation because I think it does go unnoticed because people talk about shape and they don't understand, like, what, what shape? Like, I mean, <laughs> I mean, my cousin, a bodybuilder, he in shape, but can he do yep. a push-up? Can he do body weight? Can he do a body a, a pull up? Mm-hmm. No, no. He's in shape to lift four hundred and fifty right. pounds or squat whatever amount of pounds. Some that's what he's in shape 
for. He's not in shape to come over and throw a baseball or run a guy down from the linebacker position, run a meet a a running back in the mm-hmm. hole. So there's different there's levels to it. Like there's levels right. to everything. Levels to everything. But you know what I we you know the podcast we talk about like you know getting it getting it getting it straight and like the media sometimes they get it so wrong and they're so critical. Like God so critical and I I'll never forget when I was in Chicago, man, and they were I, I did that press conference and talking to the media. And <laughs> I told them, man, I could do your job. You can't do mine. Right. right. I can do your job. But they'll make the excuse, right? Well, we're not getting paid to do your job for a reason. You went to four years to university. I went to four years in the minor leagues. And, and athletes are getting paid to do analyst jobs. They're paid to, to do sports anchors jobs. But no sports anchors are getting paid to do Diane Williams' job. You understand no. what I'm saying? No. You know, what do you think about the in season then the in season tournament that they have in the NBA? Uh, and Jock, when I tell you, bro, I list, I watch zero NBA. Mm-hmm. I don't watch it at all. Mm-hmm. I'm not an NBA fan. Mm-hmm. I respect every athlete in the NBA. I expect what they do, and I'll be the first one to defend them. Mm-hmm. But it's not. It's I don't. I don't like. I don't like the game. I don't like the game. I love college basketball. I am a KU fan, mm-hmm. and any other college D one college D two D three women's D one D two D three. I'm watching anything college basketball. I'm in on it. Right. And I look at it that way because I, if I'm watching that much college, I don't have any time to watch the NBA. Right. And when guys from KU take their get drafted and go to the NBA. I don't watch anymore. And I've been like that the last 13 years. Right. And I grew up a big basketball fan, big NBA guy, man. Season tickets to the Mavs. You know, I was always trying to get over to Chicago to watch the Bulls. I mean, Bulls and Jordan growing up. Mm-hmm. And 2010 hit, man. And I was like, hmm, let me see if I can live without this. And I do. I'll watch the game on Christmas because when yeah. everybody's gathered around, everybody want to watch the game. But I'm – I'm I'm not I'm such a KU fan in college basketball and that's what I'm rolling. I, I'm with. the same way, man. I, I I don't. I'll watch bits and pieces here and there when there's nothing on TV. I watch, but I'll I'll click in in the playoffs. But I click in in the playoffs in every sport. You know what I'm saying? Because I feel like 82 games, like especially with this low management thing that was going on the last you know, handful of years, right? Teams are just jockeying through the season to stay healthy and and keep guys fresh to get to the playoffs. So some nights you don't see, you know, your favorite player play because they're taking a night off, which is whatever, right? I, mm-hmm. Whatever. Major League Baseball, same way. So do you say whatever because you don't like it? Or what is that? Explain your whatever, Jock Jones. Because <laughs> <laughs> I would like to have a conversation it's, about this. It's, it's, <laughs> my whatever is. You need a night off? Take it off. I, who am I to say that you don't deserve a night off? I Whatever. Whatever. Right? I can't tell you when you need a night off. You know. You understand what I'm saying? But I got- not playing back-to-backs and all that. Like, whatever. We, I, I grew up on guys playing, showing up to play every night. Unless they were hurt or, or borderline, you know, sick or whatever. No, whatever, but not just, oh, I need a, I need a night off. Cool, take the night off. So, uh, again, I, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't, 
I, I, I dial it in in the playoffs because guys are playing. Hey, man, I know you way too well, okay? Why are you being so politically correct? Say what you want to say right now. Say that you do not condone the low management. Say it. I say cannot it. tell a man when he needs to take a night off, bro. Like, I okay. I can't tell him that. If that's what he you feels like. Your money to see him play? I, I mean, guys are paying money to see him play, and they're not playing. But do they, okay. do they owe it to the fan to suit up and play every night? Do they? They don't owe it to I don't, they don't owe it, they don't owe it to them. Nope, not at all. It was well, like a crapshoot to buy tickets to to watch your favorite player play with low management. No? It's like a crap Yeah. It, it is. So, but I'm I'm down for it. That's what I'm saying. It, I can't tell you when to take a night off. I can't tell you when you're tired and we were talking about Zion Williamson earlier. I can't tell you when. Only you know. Mm-hmm. I can't tell you how your body feels. Right. I can say you look healthy with with the naked eye. You look healthy. How come you not playing? But I can't tell you. <laughs> I can laugh right there. I can't. Tell you. I can't tell you that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Okay. I'm I'm a I'm a huge fan of the load management. I am mm-hmm. um, just because. And for me, when I'm when I talk when I talk about load management, I don't I don't like to use myself because. I'm going to brag a little bit. I got 1,042 games pitched in Major League Baseball, man. And plenty of days I went out there and I didn't feel, I didn't feel like, I felt like shit. I didn't feel good at all. Absolutely right. And I can't say, well, I shouldn't have pitched because I felt like shit. And, but I did and I was fine. But think about some of the other guys who pushed themselves way past the limit Mm -hmm. and it it didn't benefit them. And we didn't have the say-so as to when, like, you know what, you know, hey, TK, you know, I'm, you know, I'm a little tired. I need a day off. You would have had more than one day off. Oh, for, sure. TK. for sure. Hey, hey, you think Wally Pitt would ask for a day off if he would have known that he was never going to play again? <laughs> <laughs> You're right. You're right. If he'd have known, he probably wouldn't ask for that day off. I'll tell but, you. I do understand the low management when it comes to like, because again, I think about guys playing every dang on day. And it's like, especially in baseball, man, like, can you imagine if you, if we had took, well, not me, I keep saying you guys would have took some time off to recover and then went back out there, but it doesn't work that way in baseball recovery thing. Like I think the, the survival of the fittest are the guys who can do it back to back to back to back to back. Right. We're finding out rest is essential. Rest is essential. And, and but listen, in all seriousness, that's why I'm saying, like, I can't tell another man if he's tired. I can't tell another man, you know, whether or not he should play every night or not. Do you understand what I'm saying? I can't say that. Right. You do what's best for you and your career. Because again, like once you have the hammer, put it down. You know what I'm saying? Because when the organization gets a hammer, you got no say so. There you go. So that's, that's why I'm saying, like, I, I can't tell. That's on you. Whatever happens from that is entirely on you. Because once they get the hammer back from you, they're gonna put it down on you and and not gonna think anything twice about it. Because if you're going out there tired or you're going out there hurt, right. when it's time to negotiate, they're not gonna take that time 
that those games that you retired and those games that you were actually hurt into consideration oh, in negotiation. Oh, so, they, oh, they are. <laughs> they are. They're not going to give you the benefit of the doubt. That's what about I'm going to tell what, you. But they're going to use them against you. Right. They're going to use them against you. Correct. Correct. So moving on from <laughs> from that. To, to big money. Uh, tiny. I just, I, I think about like the way we were brought up in the game. Like you don't give the team, you don't give them a, I, I won't even say give them a discount. You don't work with them to sign you. You don't work with them. Like you, you get them. Yeah. You get them. Yes. Like you get them for every cent that you can get them. For. Yes. Like when did players start helping out to team the team? When did that happen, man? When did that change? When did the change of the guards or whatever you want to call it? When did that start happening, bro? Honestly, Big Bro, I got no idea when that happened because. Like, again, we talk about having the hammer. The team has the hammer the first six years of your career, right? Mm-hmm. The, a, and, and really the, in baseball, because I don't really know how basketball and football works. Well, football, too, is, is worse, right? Football and hockey, probably the two worst. But I do know, like I made the, I had a conversation the other night about Albert Pujols, right? Albert Pujols played to an MVP level for the first, I don't know, four or five years of his contract, nobody said, hey, man, let's pay him the MVP level. You know, the equivalent of the MVP level, let's pay him that while he's going through that. They paid him the minimum. The minimum of what they had to pay him, they paid him. When he got to free agency, he dropped the hammer. Right. You understand what I'm saying? So when you're when you're going through when you're going coming up through the bushes and you and and you're making it and you're finding your way and you're establishing yourself, nobody says, "Hey man, this rookie's playing to a high level. Let's let's tear up this contract and let's pay him like other high level guys." They don't say that, right? No, you're never worth. I, and I say this: you're never worth what you make on the low end or the high end, right? Because on the high end, now they expect you to to double your your career output and your career says you are what you are 30 40 homers 280 290 100 rbis that's who you are whether it be 70 million 100,000 30 million that's who you are but people expect when you get more money right you 100 home runs and 200 rbis in one that's season that's what you're supposed to do so yeah uh, like did he help the dodgers out i don't know hawk I don't know. Did he? Did he help him out? I don't know. But seven hundred million is seven hundred million. Yeah, but he helped him out with the collective bargain, the um, the luxury and all that. And like that's what I'm saying. Like, when did we start looking out? Like, how many more games do you think the Doyers are gonna win with Otani? Mm, maybe ten. So they they gonna win one hundred and ten games yeah, yeah. <laughs> instead of one hundred yeah. and ten. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Wow. Yep. I, I'll I'll say ten. Ten more, but but then October will roll around. I'm close in San Diego, right? And I'm a Padres fan. I, I was born and raised Padres fan, right? They win a hundred games a year. I always tell my friends, right? And I'm gonna catch some flack for this, but I always tell my friends the Dodgers are gonna go one million and sixty-two, like to do every. They're gonna win a million games and lose sixty-two, but then October rolls. <laughs> October rolls around. <laughs> are you one of the ones that also said, well? They won a World Series. Oh well, in 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 the COVID year, they won a World Series. Well, listen, listen a, they World Series is a World Series. They won it. They won it fair and square. Everybody played the same amount of games, 
hey, okay. they won it fair and square. I, hey, COVID or not, they're World Series. They're 2020 World Series champs. I'm with That's you. That's what it I, is, right? Yeah, I just, you know, I'm not a fan, so I, I'll I, 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 I can easily say like, you know what, you know what, I get it. <laughs> 60 game schedule, you know, but you're right. Everybody else has 60 games also. 60 games. But, but the COVID year, man, you only play, you only did so much traveling. You only can go here, play these, these amount of teams. It was just so weird. And everybody was under the same. I know, but when you're playing teams in your division that are, <laughs> then you get another team like the American League East where all the teams are pretty, pretty decent. Like, what are your chances? But, like, but Hawk, that happens in a 162-game season. It's just more games. <laughs> I get it. But they've won 10 straight National League West championships. Right? Yeah. Counting COVID. They won 10 straight. So it doesn't matter if it's 60 games, 85 games, 162 games. They're going to win a million games, bro, and lose 62. <laughs> <laughs> Spoken from a true Padre fan. <laughs> 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 You're so terrible. I got a bunch of Dodger fans as my friends, and we go back and forth with it. I have fun with it. So, I mean, okay. I have fun with it. I mean, and I tell them, I tell them, I've seen this movie, this sequel, like 10 times. You got seen it more. Yeah. Well, yeah, more than that, but you're going to win the West, but then October rolls around. More yeah. than October. Yeah. I'm just still like, I can't wait to see how many more games. Otani adds to yeah, that, and yeah, but but it, too, I'm 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 glad he got paid, bro. Oh yeah, I just don't like the fact that he deferred all that money with no compound interest yeah. or anything. Yeah, like, Jesus, they don't want another Bobby Bow situation. And it, but you know what though, I, talking to people, <clears throat> some financial guys, right, and then reading a couple articles of of you know guys deferring money and getting points on their money. And then when it comes time to pay, the Dodgers under Fred McCourty, uh, Frank McCourty went bankrupt uh, before they sold to the, uh, Matt the new, group. new group, right? So really, they couldn't pay the people <laughs> who were owed money because they were bankrupt. Mario Lemieux was the same in Pittsburgh, right? They couldn't pay him. He got a he got a, a a small percentage of ownership in the Penguins. So when they sold him, he ended up getting his money back and some. But you run the risk of if something happens ten years down the line, like all your money's tied up. So hey, you got to think about that too. I, and I know I know it don't matter today, but it might in fifteen years from now. Let me make the money out. Let me make some interest off of it. Not you. That's what I'm saying. But you know what? I ain't ever signed for 700 million either. Nope. The difference. Nope. Me either. Me either. But again, you think they're going to, he's going to give them 10 more wins. I, I think he, oh. <clears throat> and once he gets healthy and pitches again, he, they'll, they'll win 10 more games a year with him. I believe. So with his bat, they'll win how many? Because mm. they didn't have a problem scoring no, runs. They just no. had a problem scoring yeah. runs. And I, yeah, yeah. I mean, but even still, he'll he'll win he'll win some games with them with his bat, some more. Okay, well, that's cool. That's fair. As as some people say, that's fair. It's interesting, man. Like he's gonna make fifty million dollars in endorsements off the field. Right. right. Crazy. 
But I think that's I think that's cool because he is the product of a two country guy, you know, with Japan that's right. and the United States. That's right. And again, it was only a handful of teams that he really could have signed with. Yep. Realistically. Dodgers. Mariners, maybe because of the Japanese connection, I think in ownership. The Giants. Giants. Mm-hmm. Boston. And the Mets. Mets or Yankees. Right. Any of those teams has all those cities that we name, they have a Japanese uh, influence in all those cities. Right. And as we know from, from past experience, the Japanese guys, they want to be somewhere where they have a Japanese influence. Right. Rightfully so, because they don't speak the language. They have to have interpreters. Mm-hmm. And that's another thing. Like <laughs> the guys from Japan, Kenta Maeda was with us with the twins the last couple of years. And Kenta had a, a masseuse. He had a strength and conditioning guy. Mm-hmm. He had another masseuse. Mm-hmm. He had a guy to put his socks on. He had a guy to put his 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 shoes on for him. He had a guy to tie shoes. He had a guy to go get his 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 jerseys. <laughs> he had a guy for everything. It's like when he walk in a clubhouse, it's almost like he come in with an entourage. God bless him. <laughs> God bless him. You're right. <laughs> well, Jay, Double J is always good chatting, brother. Always a pleasure, Hawk. Always look forward to it, man. Another great episode. Thick Skin with Jock and Hawk. And we out this piece. Peace. Get ready, race fans, because the ultimate NASCAR experience is about to hit the airwaves. Welcome to Pit Pass NASCAR, the podcast that takes you deep into the heart-pounding world of NASCAR racing. Join us each week as we bring you closer to the NASCAR action with exclusive interviews and all the news and rumors you need with your favorite drivers, team members, and industry insiders. So whether you're a fan of super speedways, short ovals, or road racing, or you've just watched Talladega Nights, Pit Pass NASCAR is the podcast you've been waiting for. Get ready to fuel your passion for NASCAR like never before. Subscribe now to Pit Pass NASCAR on your favorite podcast platform or head to evergreenpodcast.com and get ready to join us. Launching in the fall on Evergreen Podcast Network. Follow us on social media at pitpass underscore NASCAR to stay up to date with everything you need to know about the podcast. Porn, Satan, drugs, therapy. It's not just the list of what I'm up to this weekend. I'm comedian Kiki Anderson, and those are just a handful of the taboo topics I've poked and prodded at so far on my podcast, Indecent, the show where we peel at the wallpaper of polite society. Each episode digs into the dark underbelly of our culture to dissect the things we aren't allowed to talk about around the dinner table, featuring conversations with comedians, activists, journalists, academics. They all help me figure out the who, what, and why behind what is and isn't acceptable behavior. Indecent with Kiki Anderson, where NSFW meets LMAO. Next Chapter Podcasts.